understand what we're doing. We are part of a fellowship of churches that is around the world. And uh, we have churches in many, many countries around the world. We have many churches here in the United States. And so we are not lone rangers. We're not doing this on our own. And how many know you can do more together than you can do by yourself? Amen. And so we, we are teaming up this morning with all of our churches around the world, just to mention some in Africa, in Czech Republic, in Russia, in Costa Rica, where me and my wife uh, were able to pastor and started some churches in Mexico, Cuba, France, Russia, Canada. I mean, just to name a few, all over the world, uh, we have pastors and their churches joining in with this. And so that's why you can feel something extra special this morning. Amen. There's a special anointing. And guess what? This is just the first Sunday. It's going to get better every service. Amen. We're going to feel his presence more and more every single service because we're seeking God's face and that makes God happy. And so I, I, if you don't know uh, what was talked about, this is real important. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know we were doing 21 days of praying and fasting. Then you, you can still get involved. It's not too late. Um, we started Thursday, the 11th, and we're going to go through the 31st of January. Everybody is doing something that the Lord is leading them to do. I've heard all kinds of different uh, fasts. And there is no wrong fast. The only wrong fast you can do is not fast. But when you fast, what you're doing is you're setting yourself aside. You're, you're, you're purposing in your heart to pray instead of something that hinders you to pray. Some people, um, I mean, obviously, biblically, the food is the, is the most common thing. Um, but some people fast uh, social media. Some people fast news. I've heard some people fast um, coffee. Some people fast TV. Um, there's all kinds of different things. Some people say, I'd like to fast my job. Amen. <laughs> right? If you go to your, go to your boss and say, can I fast my, my job for three weeks? That would be awesome, right? But everybody has different things, and the idea is that you're purposing in your heart that you're going to believe for something miraculous to happen because it's all throughout the Bible that that's what happens. So without going into all that again, we have a podcast, and every message here is recorded, and so last Wednesday, this past Wednesday, and then last Sunday night, I preached two messages on praying and fasting. So if you don't know that website, it's, it's, it's our website, vwotexas.org. Um, you can go to that and find the audio sermons, and you can go back and listen to those, and I would challenge you and encourage you to do that if you have not been here so you know what's going on, because I'm, I promise you, you don't want to miss out on this. You want to be a part of this. And so here's something I want to cast for the next three Sundays. We, we started Wednesday or Thursday, and we'll be finishing uh, two weeks from this Thursday, but we're going to have three Sundays together, which is pretty awesome, during this praying and fasting. And so each Sunday, I want to challenge you with something for this time to be praying about. And uh, sometimes we can, believe it or not, I, I find this in myself, we can find ourselves wondering, what should I pray about? Which is pretty crazy, right? Because if you really start thinking about it, there's a lot to pray about all the time. Matter of fact, you could get overwhelmed trying to keep up with all the things to pray for. But we do need, how many know, how many need um, uh, direction sometimes? How many need someone to say, let's, let's go this direction or uh, here's something to think about? And that's what I want to do this morning with this. And I want you to write these three words down that the, 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 the Holy Spirit gave me this morning for this, for this, um, this week. And actually, this will be for all three, but we're going to concentrate on one. Him. Me, 
them. Okay? Him, me, them. That, that is what's going to be the, the theme for these three weeks of praying and fasting, besides other things I've told you. And right before I, I go to that, I want to read. Um, actually, I'm going to do that backwards. Let's, let's, let's go to um, Matthew. I'm going to go back to Mark. I want to do that at the end. I'm changing, changing direction here. Matthew chapter 6. I want to show you that him, me, them is in the Bible. And, and what I mean by the him, me, them is what we're going to do is this first week, we're going to concentrate on him. Okay, we're going to concentrate on our, on our vertical relationship. We're going to concentrate, and some have already been doing that. Some, because one of the biggest things I told you this last couple weeks is that the best and most important thing that can happen during praying and fasting outside of praying for finances and praying for miracles and praying for family and praying for things is, is that you could get closer to God. That is the best thing that can possibly happen to you. That's the most important thing that can happen to you. You need to realize that the closer you are to God, the more powerful you are to reach other people. And in, in the more in love you are with the Lord, the more you're going to want to do for him. And so this week has to be about him. It has to be about, Lord, how can I hear your voice better? How can I know your word more? How can I understand your, your, your plan greater for my life? How can I, how can I know uh, more what your will is for me? Knowing him better is, is the him. And, and then you see the me is it, where God begins to work on me. Now that I've exalted him and given his place, I say, Lord, now I need you to, to, to change me to become the person that I am supposed to be because none of us are at the place we're supposed to be. And even if you feel like you're really close to God and you're really doing something for God, you can get closer and you can do more. And there's something always in our lives that God wants to get out of us. There's always something in our lives that God wants to change or there's always something in our lives God wants to tweak Maybe it's not all bad, but he wants to tweak some stuff in us. He wants to come in and, 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 and point the finger at something and say, you know, that's something that it might not even be a sin, but that's something that's hindering you from really being used by me. And I, it's, this is more important than me or whatever. And then the final one is them. Is that we're going to focus on the last week. We're going to focus on others. We're going to focus on praying for other people. And so we're focusing first on him, then on me, and then on them. And if you look at the Lord's prayer, Jesus' prayer, we see that. So it says in verse 9, in this manner, actually go back to 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And he gives a model prayer. He says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So there's the hymn. Hallowed be your name. That's how you should always start off prayer is worshiping him, thanking him and praising him and, and giving him glory. That's the best way you can start off prayer. And so there's the him. And then the us is uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. So then there's the, there's the me. I'm looking at that word and I'm saying, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Lord, search my heart. Lord, provide for me. And, 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 and you'll begin to see 
out of the Matthew 6.33 principle that if you'll begin to seek him more and put him first, he will begin to speak to you about things in your life, and then all of the things that you need will be added unto you. All of the things you need will be added unto you. How many want everything you need to be provided this morning? Amen? We'd be silly not to say yes. Amen? And I want you to know God wants to provide for us. God wants to use us. God wants to fulfill us. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be a blessing. Amen? He wants to do supernatural things in our lives. But he knows that there's some things sometimes that need to be tweaked and need to be changed. And so I say, Lord, give me my daily bread. Forgive me for my sins. And then we see to them as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then you see that them again, it says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, I pray for just a few minutes here as you put some more things in my spirit that I can relay this to them this morning, God, and that they would be challenged, they would be encouraged. Lord, I thank you this morning for the anointing that we can feel this morning in our spirits because we're seeking you and we're disciplining ourselves and we're making a stand and we're making a commitment. Lord, I thank you that every service going forward, Father, including this one, Lord, there will be people healed, there will be people saved, there will be people delivered, there will be people changed and transformed and restored for your glory and your honor this morning, Father. I ask these things because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you said we have power in the name of Jesus this morning, and every demonic force of darkness has to flee, and it cannot be in this place. It has no dominion over our lives. I pray for confusion to be removed right now. I pray for doubt to flee in this place, fear to be gone, and Lord, for us to have a peace and an understanding of who you are this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So we see this him, me, them in the, in the scriptures here, where that's some good stuff to pray for, amen. And one of the things that I want to, I, I'm praying for and hoping for, and I know this will happen in my life, is that during this 21 days, we get into a place where we don't just do this in January, but we begin to learn some habits, and we begin to learn some principles that we will take through the whole year. I'm going to make an announcement right now that we're going to do this again in August. We're going to do this a second time in August, amen? I believe that twice a year, can you imagine what God would do in our church if we would do this twice a year? You know, you're, you, this is the beginning of the year, and then there's kind of that second half of the year where you start going into to fall and coming out of summer and, and, and getting to the place where there's so much festivities and so much going on, and we need to reset. It's almost, you know, this praying and fasting is like a reset. How many of you have ever had troubles with your phone or a computer or a device or whatever? You know, that with devices, you have to hit that reset button. You have to start it over sometimes. If it freezes up or it's not working, you have to reset. And, and that's what we have to do in our spirit sometimes. We have to hit the reset button. And we have to come out of a year and say, Lord, I'm, I'm starting fresh. I'm starting focus. This praying like this fo fo focuses us. 
You ever seen through a camera or a lens how it, you can see something, but it's blurry, and I'm going to get to that in a second. You need, you need to touch it a little bit and get that focus so that you can see clearly. And that's what the ultimate word here this morning at the end is going to be that I'm going to get to in a second. But I just want to challenge you that him, me, them. Okay, for the next three weeks. So today we're going to be talking about him, and I'm going to be talking more about that tonight, but this is kind of the casting the vision message for this Sunday morning. And and I want to, I actually meant to do it this morning and, and forgot because we had so much other things going on. I know we already have some testimonies. Maybe if the Lord leads, I'll do it at the altar call, but I, we've already got some testimonies, and I promise you, I believe we're going to have testimonies every service. Because God is already doing, some, some things happen as the fast was starting, just, just already set in motion. And, and, and some have already seen some things that are, that are, that are changing and seen some, some optimism some, and some things. Some might be thinking, man, I haven't seen anything, but I know in my spirit that something's about to happen. And I'm going to talk about that tonight. But I want you now to go to Mark chapter 8, and this is what I want you to see this morning. I'm just going to take just a couple minutes on this, but this is a really powerful thought. The hardest thing for us as believers is to stay focused, to stay concentrated, to stay committed, not just as believers, but as people. We are not committed people. And if you look at our world, you look at our generation, uh, especially the the days we're living in technology, I've talked about this before, we're not in a fix-it generation. We're not in a restore generation. We're in a generation that says, this doesn't work, let me change it out for a new one. And if a phone breaks or or an apparatus breaks or something breaks, we we just this that's kind of, and part of it's the way things are built at the, at the same time. But we just get a new one, and God doesn't want us to just get a new one. Sometimes He wants us to refocus. Sometimes He wants us to see something that's already there that we haven't seen before. Have you ever been looking at something and 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 all of a sudden? I mean, it could be years. Uh, that pass by months, weeks, whatever, and all of a sudden you see something in a place or in, a, in your neighborhood or in your life where you go, where'd that come from? All of a sudden you see something you've never seen, and then you realize it's always been there. It's always been there, but you couldn't see it because you were looking in the wrong place. You were looking for the wrong thing. Amen? Do you realize that that's really what happens when we get saved? Everybody on this earth, whether they admit it or not, is looking for hope, looking for salvation, looking for love, looking for a purpose in life. And then what happens to us? Doesn't the Bible talk about the scales being pulled off of of Paul's eyes? Doesn't the Bible talk about our eyes being opened up to the light? And all of a sudden, the day we got saved and the day we gave Jesus Christ our lives, all of a sudden, we began to see the world in a whole different way. The Bible says we were blinded before we met Jesus. We didn't have any, any lightness. It was all darkness. And, and the thing is, is everything around us was already there. But we couldn't see it because we were blinded by the enemy. We were blinded by sin. And so, so now as believers, we can come into life, we can come into a new year, and we can begin to look at this year, and, and maybe you can't see what God wants you to see. So I want to give you a story in Mark chapter 8, verse 22 that's very interesting. Verse 22 says, he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So they're they're looking for a miracle. They're looking for Jesus to do a sign, for Jesus to do something miraculous. 
Now watch this. This is very interesting. It says, so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him and asked if he saw anything. Now, this is interesting because can you imagine this morning if you brought a friend or a family member in that was sick? And said, hey, we're going to pray for you in this service. And you say, Pastor, we need to pray for this person. And they come forward and I. (laughs) Can you imagine? That would not be good for business. Amen. So there's a reason why Jesus took him out. Amen. Just take him out of here. And and he, he, he spits on his hands. I mean, that's not very common and not very normal. Amen. And puts it on his eyes. I remember when my mom used to clean my face. If I had something dirty, I hated that. Anybody ever have that happen? Yuck. But it was Jesus, amen. But I'm just saying, this was weird, amen. I don't understand why he had to spit, but there was a reason. And that's really not even what I want you to see. This is what I want you to see. It's just crazy. I don't know. You wonder, see, that's why, remember the real? The, remember the, remember the, uh, um, uh, the five things we talked about, the Bible being real? One was embarrassing. That's an embarrassing moment, right? If that wasn't real, they wouldn't have put that in the Bible. They'd be like, let's leave the spit part out. But they put it in there because it's real, because it happened. Here's what I want you to see. Watch 24. He looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. I see men like trees walking. Now, I have never thought about this before. Let me tell you something. This is what's so exciting about the Bible. You, I've, I've been preaching for 25 years. I've been saved for that long, and, I, and I've read the Bible a lot of times, and I've read, read this story a lot of times. But I saw something new, and that's what's amazing, that you can find something new. We read this story, and we just kind of take for granted. We just, oh, well, okay, he opened his eyes, and what we get out of it is, is that he couldn't, really, he couldn't really see good. So we, we talk about, and this is what I've talked about a bunch of times when I've preached on this because I've used it for praying for miracles, is that he didn't have enough faith or, or whatever, and then we've used the example of if someone get, doesn't get healed the first time, then you pray for him again. That's, that's what I've always used that for. If they don't get healed the first time, Jesus had to pray twice for somebody, and that's what I've used for many, many years. But listen to this. Here's an interesting thing. If this man was blind, how could he know what trees look like? Think about it. If he's blind, how could he know what trees look like? So one of two things has to happen, and one, I believe, is more likely than the other. One would have to have been a supernatural revelation that all of a sudden he has never seen trees in his life, but all of a sudden he knows what a tree is, which is not likely. The other one would be, is that he wasn't always blind. That at some point in his life, he had vision. Catch this. At some point in his life, he saw clearly. But he had lost his vision. That's what I want you to get this morning. Sometimes we can come into a new year, and our vision can be fogged. Our vision can be blind. Our vision can be unclear, and we can think, man, why can't I see clear? Some of you might be here this morning saying, man, I'm just not, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting into this. I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. I've been there before. I've had years where I've come in, and I've had people around me very optimistic and very full of faith and very, very excited and everything, and, and I've just been like, man, I'm, I'm going to fake it till I make it because I don't feel it. Amen? I, I don't get it. Amen? Sometimes you have to do that. And I praise God this isn't one of those years, but I've been there. But maybe you're here and you're saying, man, I, I, I kind of see what they're talking about. But I, I, just, I, just see, I just see trees. I just see 
kind of vaguely what's going on. And so, but maybe you, you have seen and you need to get that vision back again. Amen. Maybe that's where you, you begin to pray to him. You begin to say, Lord, I want to see again like I saw before. I want to, I've been asked this, how do, I, how do I get back to my first love? Lord, help me see again like I saw you the night I met you. Doesn't marriages need that? Don't relationships, don't friendships need that? Don't you have to get to where in a marriage, even if you've been married for 30 or 40 years, you have to remember, honey, this is, this is, this is, what I, this is why I fell in love with you. When I do marriage counseling, I tell couples, write down some things that you fell in love with. I've had couples come in over the years in counseling, and they've, they've been ready for divorce. They've, they've, they've hated each other. They've been mad at each other. They've been wanting to just get out. And I've said, write down some things you love about each other. And when they begin to remember, when they begin to think back, why do I, why am I in love with this person? They, they rekindle something they've lost. They remember again the, the laughs. They remember. It's, it's not always attraction, church. Amen. It goes way beyond attraction. You know, for us this morning, what attracts us to Jesus? We haven't seen him. It's not a physical appearance. Amen. It's a change inside of us. If, if, so going back to that, that relationship or that marriage, there was something that gave you butterflies inside when you met that person. And something just said, made you nervous when you got around them. And that's, that's the same feeling you get when you met Jesus. You, just, you didn't know what was going on, but you knew something was changing inside of your life. You knew something was transforming in you, amen? And that's what God wants you to see this morning through this word. He wants you to see that maybe you've seen before, but you need to see again. And come in with a clear vision. And here's what we're doing in praying and fasting. Maybe we've allowed things to come in and get on the windshield. Isn't it hard to drive when the frost knots work not working and mud's on the on the thing or bugs are on the windshield or or rain is on the you gotta clear it off so you can see. And sometimes life throws stuff on our spiritual windshield. And we got to get to a place where we go back and say, Lord, I need you to help me see again. I, I, I'm, I'm losing something here. I want to I be able to have that freshness and that love and that excitement that I had before. And then we go on to see the story. It says, then, this is what we need. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored. Hallelujah. He was restored and saw everyone clearly. This morning, God wants you to see him again like you saw him the first day you met him. Amen? He wants you to see him as the master, as the provider, as the savior, as the Lord, as your first love. Didn't he say in Revelations, you've lost your first love. I want you to come back to your first love. Amen? The best thing you can do this morning is stop praying for business. Stop praying for money. Stop praying for health. Stop praying for other people and start praying, Jesus, I want to fall in love with you again. I want you to be my reason for getting up in the morning. I want you to be my reason for going to bed at night. I want you to be the reason that I that I go to work, the reason that I breathe, the reason that I live. The Bible says in him we have and live, live and have our being. He's everything to us this morning. That needs to be our prayer this week. That needs to be our prayer before we transfer it over to, okay, now, Lord, me. Because a lot of times we do it backwards. We come into prayer. Watch yourself and ask yourself if you don't do this. You come into prayer praying for a need. 
praying for somebody else, praying for me. Oh, God, I'm so depressed. Oh, Lord, touch my family. Oh, Lord, touch my work. Oh, and we, and we ask and we ask and we ask and we do these things. And God's saying, I, would you not just come to me sometimes and just love on me? Somebody listen to me this morning. You want to have a powerful prayer life? Start off giving glory to God. Start off spinning. When was the last time you just, you just turned everything else off and put some worship music on and just worship God? Every one of you in here has a certain song or certain type of music you like to listen to that's worship or certain group, and, and just do that. Just do that. Me and, me and Destiny just got in, and went in her bedroom last night, and, she, and we just turned on worship music and just listened to worship together. That's a powerful thing. Have you done that with your children? Have you done that with your spouse? Have you just spent time with the Lord without asking for anything? Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to get this. It's about him. And we would fo- if we would focus on that, what will happen is this. As we focus on him, we will begin to repent. Automatically, because let me, let me remind you of something in case you don't know it. Every revival that's ever existed, that's ever happened in the world, in a nation, in a family, in an individual, in a church, in a city, every revival that's ever happened has always started with repentance. People saying, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I'm doing. And repentance means to turn to the other direction. It means turn from the, from the direction you're going. If you're repenting of something, it's because the Holy Spirit is showing you this is not good in your life. You need to go the other direction. And when you turn and go the other direction in a spirit of repentance, it brings revival. It brings revival. It brings change. And, and here's what happens. When you begin to pray for, for him, to him, he begins to put a spirit in you that begins to prepare your spirit of repentance, and then you begin to get the rees in your life. Rees, revival. The rees, redemption. You begin to get regeneration in your life. You begin to get renewal in your life. You begin to get restoration in your life. Amen. You begin to get reconciliation in your life. Can anybody in this place use any of those re's this morning? All the re's that God promises in his word will come to you as you begin to turn to him and seek him with all your heart. Amen. How many are with me this morning? How many believe this this morning? How many came in this morning? You don't have to raise your hand on this, but I hope you did. Came in this morning and said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to touch me this morning. I'm expecting you to move in my life this morning. I'm expecting you to do something today that you've never done before. I'm coming in hungry. I'm coming in thirsty for your righteousness. I need a touch from God this morning. Amen? I need a touch from God, and I need him to do something supernatural in me. Amen. I want you to go over quickly to finish this morning to uh, back to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Tell somebody next to you, God is speaking to us. Amen. Him, me, them. Wouldn't that be a great thing to keep all year long? Him, me, them. Amen. Him, me, them them. That's, that's the gospel. God wants us to be saved, wants us to love him, and then he wants us to reach others. That's the gospel. It's his heart. 
If you'll get God's heart, that's what you need to do in this time of prayer and fasting. You just say, Lord, give me your heart. I want to speak the words you want to speak. I want to think the way you think. I want to talk the way you talk. I want to act the way you act. And so if we do that, we see here in Mark, Matthew chapter 4, the temptations of Jesus. I was thinking about this the other day. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And I want to I reiterate this again. I've said this my whole entire time I've been saved and really understood this. Your life and my life as a believer is always in three places. Many of you have heard this. You are coming out of a victory. That's one. Or you're going into a battle. Or you're in the middle of a battle. Every one of us this morning, right now, are in one of those three places. Every one of us. You're right in the middle of a battle. You're right in the middle of a storm. You can't see clearly. It's, it's cloudy. It, there's dust everywhere. There's smoke everywhere. It, it, it's, it's, it's hell all around you. You're, 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 you're just fighting, and you're, you're trying to win. And others have just done that, and they've just got the victory. And they're coming in here this morning victorious and thinking, yes, thank you, Jesus, for another victory. And that's what the Bible means when it says from glory to glory. From glory to glory. Amen? From faith to faith. And the other one is, I'm not trying to be a bearer of bad news, but you're going to be going into one if you're not in one of those two places. Because that's life. Now, that's not a scary thing or a fearful thing, because if we're serving God... We know the Bible says that everything that happens works for our good. Amen? And so I'm gonna, I just want you to think about this because why I say that is right when Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted, he had just had an amazing victory. He had just had the most amazing testimony happen, something you and I would, would love to see, which was he got baptized and then the skies opened up. Can you imagine when you got baptized, if the skies opened up, the roof peeled back, the skies opened up, and God himself said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased in a loud voice. Can you imagine what an, ex- what an experience that would be? Man. But right when he does that, right when he gets that great blessing, he gets up victorious and he's excited He might have been high-fiving his disciples, amen. Yes, we're going to do this. We're going to win the world. Remember, he was flesh. We're going to win the world. And all of a sudden, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. I'm going to close this morning with this because I'm going to get into this tonight about the wilderness and about Jesus when he was fasting. You have to understand that the greatest growth in your life is going to come in the wilderness. The greatest growth in your life is going to come in the wilderness. When it seems barren, when it seems like nothing's happening, how can you express faith without a trial? How can you have a victory without a battle? You can't. You have to have a a battle to be able to have a victory. Everybody in here loves victories. Everybody loves to win. Everybody loves to, to to say a testimony and say, God did this in my life or God gave me this promotion. But you can't have that without a test. Sounds cliche, but 
no testimony without a test. The beginning of testimony is test. And we like the money part. Amen. The money part is much more fun than the test. But maturity teaches you. Praying and fasting will teach you. And that's what we see with Jesus. Can you imagine what Jesus looked like on the 25th day? Some of you in here might be doing a complete fast for several days. Like I said, if any of you do a 21-day, you're praying for everybody. The end of that that Sunday, the uh, the third Sunday, you're praying for everybody, including me, if you do 21 straight days of no food. And we're going to bring some dead people in here. Amen. And we're going to bring, mom's going to get up out that wheelchair. Amen. We're going to see miracles. Now, I'm not saying that stuff can't happen without. I'm just telling you, if any of you can do 21 days, you better let me know you did it because you're praying for all of us. But can you imagine? Some of us are, are, are doing more. Some of us are doing less. We're doing what we can do. We're, we're pushing ourselves. Some people have never, ever done this. And so I, to, I told you to do baby steps. But think about Jesus being in human flesh 25 days in, 30 days in, no food just water. Now here's what you think about. I want you to think about this. You might think, man, he must have just been dead. But if any of you, even now, how are we on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this is the fourth day. If any of you have noticed, I said this yesterday when I sent out that video, that third day is the wall. That third day is the hardest. Once you get past that third day, it begins to get easier. And then once you get past a week, it begins to get easier. And then we know from from science, science says 21 days is a habit. If you do something for that long, it becomes a habit. It becomes something you do. And so we we would look at Jesus thinking, man, he's in the wilderness. He's got to be super hungry. He's got his chip lips have got to be chapped. He's got to be looking skinny. He's got his, his eyes got to be looking hollow. But I don't look at it like that. See, that's how the wrong that's the wrong way to look at it. I look at Jesus every day that he fasted was getting stronger and becoming more in love with God and becoming less of himself and was and G, and, and the devil was was getting more and more shaky over on his side knowing that Jesus was coming out of that fast. I want you to know something. The devil's going to mess with you. The devil's going to fight you. The devil's going to tempt you. He's going to tell you you can't do it. He's going to tell you you're not worthy. He's going to tell you all kinds of things. You just tell him back, no, I'll see you at the end of 21 days. You're defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to lose this fight. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Father, all over this place, we want to see you do great things in us, Father. The him, the me, and the them. Father, we're working on you. We want to to have a greater relationship with you this morning. We're going to close this service this morning, Father, asking you to remove whatever's fogging our eyes, whatever has become a hindrance to us, falling in love with you again, wanting to seek your face, wanting to read your word, wanting to know you greater, Father, wanting to see your power manifest in our lives. As the Spirit of God is here this morning and He's real, the Bible says He's here this morning. God is here. The presence of the Lord is here. As He's here this morning, He's tugging on your heart. He's speaking to your spirit. He's not speaking to the man. He's speaking to your spirit. 
And the Bible says he's knocking on the door of your heart. How many all over this place, from front to back and side to side this morning, could be honest with God and say, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if my name's in the Lamb's book of life, but I know that I want Jesus. I know that I want a relationship with God. How many would say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be transformed and have a new life. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. God bless you. All over this place, that's me. I need Jesus. Religion will not get you to heaven. Carrying a Bible won't even get you to heaven. Coming to church is not going to get you to heaven. It's great to do those things, but you have to be born again. The Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You might be a good person. You might be a bad person. It doesn't matter. Jesus is your Lord and you need him. And he died for your sins. How many this morning before we move on would say, you know what? At one point in my life, I knew Jesus. I've said that sinner's prayer before. But I'm like that blind man this morning. I've lost my sight. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I need to be reconciled to Jesus today. I need to get back to my first love. That was me many, many years ago. I know what that's like. But God is married to the backslider. How many would say, that's me, Pastor. I need to get right this morning and come back home. Just put your hand up and put it back down. That's me. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I want us to stand to our feet real quick. In reverence to the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is a hospital. This is a hospital. And and in hospitals, people get fixed and people get mended and people get healed. And nobody gets turned away. Amen. And so this morning, we, we do this because that's why the church exists. His greatest passion is that people would know him. If you raised your hand this morning, maybe you didn't even raise your hand. Seen over the years, someone's there and they know they need to get saved, but they're afraid that somebody might see their hand go up and they don't raise it. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know today is the day of your salvation. You need to give your life to the Lord. Tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. I'll never, ever regret giving salvation calls, ever, because that's what we're here for. Several hands went up. I want to ask you, or you that didn't raise your hand, to step out of your seat this morning and to come down here to this altar, and I want to pray for you a, a sinner's prayer, and I want you to be born again this morning. Quickly, I'm not going to wait too long. Amen. God bless you. How many more? You raised your hand. Just come down. Reconciliation as well if you want to give your life back to the Lord. If you raised your hand for the first time. Amen. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. We're going to sing a song here in just a moment. Amen. Jesus is calling. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. He's the way. Amen. Most of us in here this morning have have experienced this salvation and it's awesome amen money can't buy the joy that you have when you say a sinner's prayer amen just a few more seconds maybe you didn't raise your hand but you know you need to come amen
the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's, he's knocking. And here's the thing about God. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. He will not make you serve him. And, and if you reject him, he will love you all the way to hell. And he doesn't send people to hell. People think God sends people to hell. We send ourselves by rejecting Jesus Christ. It'd be like you coming into a hospital this morning, and I say you've got, you've got a, a horrible disease. You need a blood transfusion. If you don't get this blood, you're going to die. And we offer you the blood, and you reject it. We didn't kill you. You rejected the blood. You rejected the, the antidote. You rejected, if you got bit by a snake, and we, we're going to give you antivenom. No, I, I, don't, I won't take that. Well, you would die. That's what it is with salvation. We accept that Jesus is the antidote. Jesus is, the, is the, uh, the, the healer of our sins. Amen. So I want everybody in this place to repeat this after me. And that these young men would say this prayer of salvation. And Jesus is going to come in and change your lives this morning. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I am lost without you. Father, I ask you this morning to forgive me for my sins. Because you know them all. Father, I ask you this morning to make me a new creation. I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death so that I could be saved. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord of my life. Wash me clean with your precious blood that you shed on the cross. Without you, I'm lost and hopeless. But with you, I am child of God, full of hope. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we begin to sing this song,